0: what's going on drinking buddies a brand new podcast coming right at you but real quick you know what time it is time for a word from our sponsors those fine folks that bring you my drunk ass and this podcast every fucking week yeah uh, they just bring you my drunk ass and this podcast and their fine goods of course of course first and foremost we brought to you this week by our friends at uh and now we drink we are brought to you by the video versions of this podcast that are available now on Vimeo for $0.99 cents an episode or six ninety nine a month. Get you all 60-odd episodes that are currently available, unlimited streaming. The video versions are ad-free, full HD. They get kind of crazy. This week's episode with Kitty Jaguar is going to be, I will give you a heads up, if you want to buy it, we had some technical difficulties with the video. The first 17 minutes have no video, but then it comes in. I also had to censor Kitty getting a little too naked for Vimeo. But it was a really fun episode and, you know, worth checking out. Once again, check out all the video versions at anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you this week by my Twitch streaming ass. That's right, guys. I'm streaming on Twitch a couple times a week, including doing a comedy game show Jackbox for Jagoffs every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Central. We have a bunch of our funny friends come on and play Jackbox games. So check that out at twitch.tv slash Matt F and The full schedule's on my Twitch stream. And if you have Amazon Prime, do me a huge, huge solid. Sign up for free for a Twitch Prime account and throw me a sub. Cost you nothing but a couple minutes. And throw some money in my pocket, which really helps me out right now. As the pandemic continues, and I'm still low on production work. But either way, come hang out on Twitch. Come bullshit in the chat. Come watch me play some games. Hang out with my friends. It's a blast. It's a goddamn blast. Once again, that is at twitch.tv slash Matt Last but not least, we were brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please has one album that is pressed exclusively for its members. And that album contains things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and also comes packaged with an album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. You can't beat it. Rad vinyl, new cocktails, awesome art. And Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record of the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month, no strings attached, cancel anytime. time. So start building your vinyl collection today at www.joinvmp.com slash A-N-W-D. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash All right, guys, let's get on with this fucking show. My guest this week is adult performer Kitty Jaguar. Kitty is a mostly independent performer who does some really, really kinky stuff. Her trademark is that she has nasty bitch tattooed around her asshole, and she lives up to it. But this episode wasn't all just fun and fucking games. We talked about the Black Lives Matter protests. We talked about how the porn industry is reacting to its own racial insensitivity. We talked about Kitty physically going out to the protests. We talked, about, we talked about the difficulties of having to explain to younger family members about sex work and a whole bunch of silly shit. This was a super fun episode. Sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy drinking buddies. Kitty, what the hell's going on? Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so stoked.
0: Me too. Like, I haven't seen you since we did the oil wrestling up at uh, North Hollywood.
1: I know. Too bad we can't do them again, because I'd be all up on that shit right now.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. The idea of being out and about with people. Oh,
1: I know. It's just hoeing in front of people. (laughs) I miss it.
0: (laughs) Uh, We all miss it. We all miss it so much. It'll be back eventually. Hopefully.
1: I know. Especially for us hosts. You know, we need other people to be hoeing. <laughs> right? Right? Yep.
0: The human contact is so important to the hoeing experience.
1: It is. I mean, it's part of the industry.
0: I know. I know the whole industry has taken a complete change.
1: And it's not done yet. I actually like the fact that uh, everybody's being called out right now. It seems a little intense, but at the same time, you have to call out people on their bullshit and make them realize that, hey, your views are not necessarily what the industry stands behind. So,
0: I agree. (laughs) I agree. For the audience that may not be up on industry news, a bunch of very well-to-do male performers have been recently called out on onset abuse, and it's a whole thing that we are in the middle of at the time of recording. Yes and this it is true it's definitely something that probably should have been addressed a long time ago and yeah
1: but it, when when there's nobody talking about this how can it's like rage against the machine if there's nobody raging against the machine how do you feel like you could contribute as a single person and not just that it's scary because if you do talk about these problems then you'll be singled out and then you'll lose job and then you lose money. And that means that you lose your entire livelihood.
0: Oh no, I totally get it. Especially if you're first, the person who's first is the bravest of everybody involved. Once it's a whole sea of voices, it becomes easier. Not that it's ever easy, but it definitely becomes easier. They can't fire everybody. Yeah. But if it's just one person, it's like, just will brush you under the rug and it's horrible.
1: Yeah, well, now they're not firing everybody. The reason why is because people are like, fuck you, I'm not going to work for your company because you are trash. Yeah. You don't care about your performers, your racist or a bigot, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, that's the beautiful thing happening right now. People are standing up to these major production companies. You have to understand that times are different now as performers, and I say this for myself, like, I actually own my content. So I don't depend on these companies. But before this, look at how many people depending on these major companies in order to succeed. Now with the internet, anybody can post their stuff on OnlyFans or just anywhere, and you can become something out of it without being a part of these fucking racist-ass companies.
0: Hell yeah! And on top of it, I think the pandemic the one the one good thing that has come out of the pandemic is it's showing more performers who may not have taken the initiative beforehand to put stuff on OnlyFans to create their own content that they have to, to survive. And then once they got a taste of it and they're like, Oh shit, I can do this. They're like, I don't need you. I don't need yeah, exactly. those jobs.
1: Exactly. And even that even like companies like A V N, because you know, ABN is a very uh respected company that's one of the most Known companies all throughout the porn community. But even then, they still participate in things like that. And so now we, as the people that are actually making them money or having us then, it's like, hey, you can't fucking do this. You can't fucking single out fucking people of color, uh, people that are not white passing, people that are not white. Like, they actually released a statement saying that they were going to be more inclusive. And I commented on their post and I said, okay, cool. But does that also mean that now you'll also fucking recognize and give awards to people that are not the same performers year after year, after year, after year,
0: that part probably won't change. Unfortunately.
1: Well, I mean, it might not, but that's why we have to call them out right now. It's it's a step.
0: (laughs) Oh, it is. And they did release a statement saying that they are eliminating the IR awards and stuff like that i think it's great oh yeah it's great
1: yes i think that's fucking amazing because before they even released that statement i posted on twitter and i asked people i'm like well since this is all happening and we're on the subject of racial fucking stereotypes and inequality what about interracial fucking porn because personally I've never done an interracial rape or an interracial scene. Interracial rape means that as a white woman, you will get paid more money to fuck a black guy. Or interracial rape also means that it's just white versus black. Right. You're excluding an entire whole fucking section of people. You're excluding Latinas. You're excluding Asians. Even like black.com. Black.com has been getting a lot of shit right now because, I mean, look at the name. Black. What happens with black is they only hire white women or white passing women. And it's with the black male talent. The fact that they're only hiring black male talents is already racist, too. Not just the fact that they're paying white passing or white women more to shoot with a black guy, but they're also getting paid less. And there's also so many amazing male performers that are being excluded for their company. Their company makes fucking bank And they're secluding so, there's just so many people. So I think it's good. It's time to wake up. Like, hello, we're here. Wake the fuck up. How can you just post a statement saying that you are behind Black Lives Matter? Where your whole company, if you look down your timeline, it's just white white men, white men, white men, white women, white men, hello, a statement's not going to do shit. You have to actually prove that you are behind us, and behind the minorities, and behind the black men, and behind the black women. It's just I could literally post the fucking post saying that, hey, I stand behind this. But if you go down my timeline, then nothing proves it. And then what's the fucking point?
0: Yeah, you just come off as virtue signaling at that point.
1: Yeah, that's companies looking out for the fucking own benefit because obviously they don't want to be fucking shut down. They don't want to be canceled, but ultimately you have to prove you have to stand behind what you actually believe in. And if you don't believe in black performers, Hispanic performers, uh, Asian performers, then how can you say that you are behind them when you're not? Everything else points against it.
0: I think the, the true test will be whenever the next AVN award show happens, if we see more black performers winning the mainstream awards.
1: Oh my god, so recently, speaking of AVN, I pointed out the fact that it's like, okay, cool, so now you're standing behind us, but does that also mean that you're going to give awards? to other people that are not the same people that are always winning and I said he's a production company he has a production company he made it a joke and said it's like yeah the best award to a BBC goes to Chad White. And it's a joke yeah. but also that's the point that I'm trying to make AVN says that they're, they stand for us and they're with us but ultimately nothing shows it
0: Well, I think that what the AVN may need to do is, I've talked about this on the show before, how the awards are actually selected. Are you privy to the process and all that?
1: To an extent.
0: Okay. To an extent. So my roommate actually votes or at least used to vote on the awards. We've talked about it on air before. It's a whole process of pre-nominations. Then all the pre-nominations are cut down by a committees down to the nominees and then the committees vote on them. So say there's 10 nominees, they don't just pick a winner, they pick number one through number 10 by popular vote of the committees. I think the only way they're going to see change in more diversity on who wins is if they make changes to the overall committees.
1: Yes, that's, that's the start. Yeah, for sure. But not just that. Okay, so I understand that IBM needs money in order for them to produced and released these shows, but at the same time, like it's always the same fucking people winning. Always. It's just like well and it sucks, man. Of, it sucks. There's so many people that could have been recognized and they would have been known for their accomplishments, but ABN doesn't recognize that. Again, it has to do with money too. Think about like the investors, right? Who's investing in the most money?
0: Well I don't think it's quite that crooked, but it is still. Why not? Because I know someone who actually votes on the awards. Like,
1: Can you explain that to me? Because I'm trying to understand like my, my this roommate, and I'm trying to learn. Maybe I'm being too fucking judgmental. So please so educate my roommate, me. My
0: roommate is the former managing editor of AVN. He has not worked for AVN in years, but he still, because of his position, legacy position. Uh, I don't know if he voted this year, but he up until last year was still voting on the awards every year. He doesn't monetarily make a dime for putting a vote in. He doesn't care who's putting money into AVN. He's not involved in the company anymore. There are plenty of other people on the committee that are not actual AVN employees that are still voting. The idea of the same people who are winning because they're putting money into the magazine doesn't really work because not everyone who's actually voting actually works for AVN or has anything to gain by people who put money into AVN.
1: So the way I see it, it's kind of like a stereotype. You know, people say that stereotypes are there because there's a certain truth to the stereotype. With Avian, I think there's a certain stereotype to the fact that they don't really acknowledge people outside of the same clusterfuck of people over well, and over again.
0: And that might be due to the people who are voting are legitimate fans of those particular that performers. Could be. Or... Yeah interpersonal relationships you know they have developed they don't necessarily are making anything monetary about it but it's like well that person i've met that person at a bunch of parties that person was always really cool i thought the scene was hot i'll vote for them like if say you got a kitty jaguar scene and you have you know another performer scene side by side but the person who's voting knows you and doesn't know the other performer and they think the scene is equally hotter of equal value they're probably going to go with you because they know you as a person It's just human nature. I
1: get it I get that. But it's like, I feel like if it's the same pattern over and over again, it's like a stereotype. It's there for a reason. There's some sort of truth to it.
0: That's why I'm saying what ABN needs to do to improve the image on that is change up the group of people that are actually voting on the awards.
1: And they did say that they were going to do that. So bravo. (laughs) Bravo. That is the
0: the only way we're going to see change in the award winners. Now, yeah,
1: I see that they're actually taking steps to listen to the people that are calling them out on their bullshit.
0: And that's all you really can do. Like if you're unaware that you're on some bullshit till someone brings it to your attention, it's only really a problem if you're like, "No, nah, I'm not on some bullshit." If you're willing to course correct when someone's like, "You're on some bullshit." You're like, "Oh shit, I was." That's a positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to be called out on your own bullshit. <laughs> right. Like uh, like you, it's like, well, you have this biased perspective where it's like you think that ABN is only doing enough for the same people, but you're like, no, no, no. Like I've seen that that's not the case. Well, then school me, educate me and let me know that I'm being biased. I believe this is the, Yeah, this is the discussion that we want to have nowadays. We don't just I don't feel like I want to attack I don't want to be attacked, but there has to be a conversation about the stuff that we feel is not right.
0: For sure. 100%. And believe me, I've been around long enough where I've heard that, and I, for years, believed that too. It wasn't until, like, I started living with my roommate, I met more people that work at ABN, and actually saw the process of what goes into the voting process for the awards that I didn't think they were rigged too. Yeah. I spent a lot of my career working with Burning Angel, and it's like, for years, Joanna was passed up for a lot of things. Burning Angel films were passed up for a lot of things. And there was a lot of you know perception of like smaller company. We're not putting money in. yeah, And that just wasn't the case. It's just a, the pool of people who vote on the AMNs isn't like the pool of people that vote on the Oscars. Um. And I'm not saying the Oscars are right. I'm saying by sheer numbers, the sheer number of people
1: yeah but also I mean think about the Oscars again it's like the same people winning over and over whether it's the popular vote that gets them there or not it's the people that have the money and the influence to well, and the, put the, them the, in that
0: platform the Oscars are a whole other corrupt situation I mean because
1: but I that's what I like to say like I want to compare them in that sense because ABN is literally the number one platform for porn and it's like if you are nominated for an ABN ABN award. That's like being nominated for an Oscar.
0: Oh yeah, they're called the Oscars of porn for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't think we should ever get to the point where like this is where the Oscars where people are buying Academy members multi thousand dollar gifts for trying to sway their vote. Like here's a giant care package because that's what happens in the real Oscars. When I was comparing it to the Oscar voting situation, Oscar voting is open to every member of the of the Academy. Mm. It's a much smaller group that votes on the AVNs. That's why I feel like we see a lot of the same winners because it's the same smaller group voting. AVN needs to bring more people in and expand the group. We don't want to, but we definitely don't want to follow the corruption of the Oscars where it's like, oh, hey, check out my new movie with this beautiful Rolex. (laughs)
1: yeah i get it i know i'm not listen i love the avn awards i was nominated one time i didn't win unfortunately but um i respect them and it is a great accomplishment to even be recognized by them i don't take it for granted i think it's just the moment that I found out that I was nominated for an award, I ca- I was crying. I called my family members. and I was like, <laughs> "Bitch, it's like I got nominated for an Oscar." What are you talking about? You know? Oh
0: yeah, it's fucking exciting.
1: <laughs> it is exciting, and I think that it's great to have that type of representation or community because otherwise, who else is going to lift us up like that? Who else is going to call us up on our accomplishments? Nobody, nobody. But also, again, it is our duty to call them out on the inequalities that we are seeing. I'm not saying that they're flawed to the core because that's not true. But I also think that even with me, like there's been people that have been calling around my shit. And I think that's amazing. You have to because, hey, just because I see things one way doesn't mean that they are exactly that way.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: And right now is the time to discuss these things. Like, how can we all improve our community? Not just for the sake of us performers, but the people that are watching this. Because the people that watch this, you know, porn influences cultures. I mean, sex work is the oldest profession It is ever since the get-go of time. So... It is fair to call people out on their shit too. I'm not saying that all oh, you're just fucking trash and just a shitty company. No, but hey, like if people are telling you over and over that there's something that you can do in order to improve not only your company but our whole community of performers, our whole community of porn stars, you know, our whole community of sex workers then shit let's do it
0: i agree <laughs> i agree and i think abn is making steps in the right direction they're i think so too They're course yes they're they're not doubling down on being you know like they're not doubling down on their former position they're like oh shit we were made aware of this we're gonna fix it
1: yeah i like that too that's what i'm saying that's like hey I'm not saying that they're trash, but um, again, you have to call them out. I do recognize the steps that they've been taking and I appreciate it to the core because it matters. Any step that they do in order to change the the system that we're in, it helps all of us. So I see ABN and I see them doing their work and not just ABN, so many other companies right now that are being called out are doing that. But then again, that's what happens. You have to call them out. You have to call me out. Like, if I'm saying some bullshit, you have to fucking come and tell me, like, bitch, you tripping. <laughs> you know? If I didn't know, if I if I wasn't called out on that shit, how would I know? For sure. I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't. <laughs> 100%. People, I feel like the majority of people are not trying to do wrong. They're, you know, they've learned habits they've experienced life they're going about it, they're trying to live their best fucking life and they're just oblivious that they're causing these problems and hopefully when they're called out on these problems they go oh shit i didn't realize i was being an asshole and they course okay,
1: yeah they have been recognizing the fucking issues and their faults which is amazing
0: exactly exactly mm-hmm. that's all you can ask from somebody you can't just unless someone is doing something malicious
1: yeah. And I
0: don't think A V N was no, no, no Definitely not. No. This is the biggest problem I feel with all of American society on every aspect is it's we we lack nuance. There's so much you did something wrong, you should be canceled. Not yeah. Looking at the individual issues and being like, Okay, well that's fucked up. What led it to being fucked up? What was the response to it being fucked up? Yeah. How can
1: I improve my fucked up response to that? Like, school me, educate me. Right. Yeah. Instead of just lashing out and be like, no, fuck you, you're done. That's it. Fuck your company and all you believe for. Right. And That's I'll, not the way to go about it either. Definitely yeah. not.
0: On a personal level, it's been scientifically proven that if you insult people when you disagree with them, they are just double down on their, their being wrong. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They're like fuck you you're an idiot for X thing they're gonna their response <laughs> is gonna be fuck you back it's not exactly. gonna, be, it's that's not gonna like, be like... what
1: I mean you don't agree with me and not only are you not agreeing with but you're attacking my beliefs and that's the shit you're attacking we're, and I see this right now in porn because every time I scroll through through Twitter, there's so many performers that are just attacking each other nonstop back and forth instead of like hitting me up on a DM and be like, hey, what you did in this scene? I don't think it's appropriate and I don't think it's okay or maybe um, there could have been something done different, you know? I, I,
0: Unfortunately, just- we, we have a performer based in a lot of cases that is very young. Yeah. Yeah, there isn't, in some cases, a ton of life experience. I mean, this is why often the industry is compared to high school.
1: I mean, uh, realistically, a lot of the porn performers are young. That's why you got to be 18 in order to do it, right? You're young, right. you're much, but you're, immature, you're just...
0: Hell, at 18, I definitely did a lot of things that, if I did them today, would be problematic oh at 18. <laughs> I don't yeah.
1: even want to get into that.
0: <laughs> but you have to acknowledge... That decision you made at 18 were not necessarily the best decisions you're making for your life.
1: Yeah, no. And then now, not only that, like, we have the power to just go online and tweet anything, whether you feel like it's right, whether it's wrong, or whether you have the facts to prove it or not. It's just so easy to just call people out. And then now you have your entire fan base going against you and attacking you, putting death threats on you. Where, like, you could have just came and talked to me and explained to me, like, yo, what you did was not right. Then maybe I would have understood it and be like, hey, I'm so fucking sorry. Like, how can I do this better next time?
0: Well, and on top of it, with the fan base, sometimes you might be coming at someone correctly and your fans will take it to a whole nother level.
1: Oh, I know I know yeah.
0: I yeah a great example of that was um, I posted a clip with uh live revamp from when she was on the show like a year ago, and her and I got into a continued debate about what was on the clip, like in the YouTube comments. you, know, we're friends in real life, and you know we're not exchanging we're just continuing the debate we were having in the clip, and one of her fans just like goes at me
1: you, you piece of yeah, just like, like you know, <laughs> I know. it's just like I'm like Whoa.
0: <laughs> But I also do not care and I'm just like not going to even engage with that. Like I texted her I'm like this is hilarious. Your fans going crazy. She's like I, I know. I'm like oh I know too. But there are plenty of other people that take that shit personally that oh, will not just Oh my god, yes. will not yeah. just like ignore being attacked by some random stranger.
1: Not just ignore it. They will take that shit to the heart and see it as a personal attack to who they are and what they believe in. Shit gets uh, misconstructed anytime that you tweet about it because I can only tweet one sentence and people will read it however way they want to see it. This is part of the problem with
0: text interaction in general as a society because I could say, via text, fuck you, and I could, if you heard me say would be like, ah, fuck you. And you'd be like, oh, he's being funny. Or you could read it as, fuck you.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like, those two fuck words, you. Right. Like, Whereas I like, fuck you instead of fuck you. Yeah, it's just completely <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> fuck you. Or fuck you. And it all depends on how, what mood you're in when you read those words, how you interpret yeah. it. And then, this is, all in all the problem with text-based communication with texts twitter instagram everything people without the vocal inflection it's up to the interpretation of the reader and then the reader depending it all can be depends on you can be have a bad fucking day and read that fuck you
1: yeah I know. And
0: your best friend said to you and you're like really fuck you fuck me fuck you and shit blows up when it's just like if we were on the phone you'd be like oh he's just being funny
1: Let me tell you an example of this because I recently uh, today is Tuesday. On Sunday, I went down to West Hollywood for the LGB protests and the Black Lives Matter, and I made a poster, right? And one of them said, "Less violence, more anal." As much as a lot of people thought it was funny, so many other people thought it was not a fucking thing to joke about. You know, it's like, how could you be saying this? Like, this is not the focus. This is not the issue. You have to focus. Like, we're out here protesting for a reason. It's just like, I get that. I get that. But also, my intention was not to offend anyone. My intention was to just go out support people and also make people laugh and smile because when you can actually make people laugh and smile during especially hostile situations like that, I feel like you can have more of an understanding of what's actually happening. Whereas, like, if I'm attacking you and your personal beliefs in my poster, then you won't get it. You'll just automatically shut me down. You know?
0: Exactly. exactly, And, you know, that's crap on the other protesters for giving you shit about that because you're obviously out there supporting. you. You have physically in a pandemic put your life at risk to be out there yeah. just because your message is not 100 percent in line with their message you're still in the in the right you're on the right side of fucking history here
1: that's what i said i'm like listen it doesn't matter how you wanted to perceive it my heart was in the right place my intention was to make people smile to make people have a good time not just to start shit like if I wanted to start shit, I could have really put some offensive ass things up on that poster, but I didn't. But then again, that you know, you'll never please people, no matter what the fuck you do. You could be Mother Teresa and you'll still pee like you'll still piss people off. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs>
0: it's a fool so, errand to try to appease everybody. It's yeah, never gonna so- happen.
1: I, like when I saw the post, I was just tagging people with my links. I'm like, okay, before you judge me on that post, you have to understand that before that, I've been speaking out about the injustices happening. I've been speaking out on get, against the racial inequalities. It's not that I was out there making fun of shit. No, I was not there. But also, like, I was just there to turn the light in the mood up, in a sense, so that. If I was there, I wouldn't be shot out with a fucking rubber bullet by police officers so that I wouldn't be arrested just by having a sign out so that everybody could have the opportunity to speak out and say what they wanted to, no matter what it is. I mean, this is America, the land of the free.
0: The land of the free.
1: Quote, unquote. (laughs) I mean, quote, unquote. (laughs) I agree. But see that th- that was my take on it. And like I knew that it was gonna piss people off right away. But also that's the shit. I was scared to go out and protest. I was scared to ring a voice sign and all that. But you know what? I took video of like people's reaction over and over and everyone was just having a good time. They were just like smiling. It distracted people from the seriousness. Not that I wanted people to forget the seriousness of the situation but also like I feel like I have more of a way to reach to uh I feel like I can reach out to more people through humor than through putting a sign that's gonna make people attacked yeah. I mean, some people still thought it was offensive, but honestly, I think it was, like, maybe five people in a whole fucking protest that got offended by it. People uh, were smiling, people were laughing, they were joking about it.
0: At the end of the day, you can't lose sleep over those five people.
1: And not just that, like, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do. People, th- there's always going to be a... a A black and white kind of area to whatever you say. I can say I love anal, and there's gonna be people like fuck anal, fuck you, bitch. Like why do you like anal? You're trash just because you like it, you know. But it's like, yeah, and almost I know. And actually, I had somebody that asked me, "How is your sign even relevant to this?" And then I told him, "Listen, I'm a sex worker, and I'm known for for anal." It's not that I'm trying to downplay the situation, but I also wanted to make fun of the slogans that are already going out that I don't agree with, which I'm not going to say here. Cool. So that was my stand against it. You know, it's not that I'm trying to make fun of it, but also like I was making fun of the seriousness of it in a sense. And it's that I wasn't trying to offend people, but. Right. You have to understand. It's like you can't, like, no matter what you say, you can never fucking win. There's always going to be people that are, don't agree with you. Well,
0: and that's why their opinion really doesn't fucking matter.
1: I mean, it matters because look at where we are. If their opinion didn't matter, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And finding all these fucking uh, racial and inequalities and all we wouldn't even have a Black Lives Matter movement. We have, we wouldn't have an LGBT walking movement, you know. It does matter because their voices on,
0: are heard it, it matters on a societal level, as a personal level, it doesn't matter. If like them being offended by your sign isn't something that you should lose sleep off of. You shouldn't lose
1: I didn't <laughs> I mean,
0: it, it shouldn't take you away from discourage you from the greater good because five people detracted from your sign. Society, yeah. yeah, as a group, should be fucking hurt. Yeah, but obviously within that whole group, that whole society, not everyone agrees on everything. Yeah, and as long as you are moving towards the greater good,
1: and that was sh- my intention with it. Right. You know, I wanted to. It's it like just putting yourself out in a protest like that. You're scared. Actually, we almost got ran over.
0: Holy shit! What happened?
1: We did. So the whole protest was marching down. Um, It was, we were all going down Santa Santa Monica Boulevard. And then at one point we're all going this way. And then there's this lady coming from the right of us. And I just hear a bunch of like banging sounds like, you know, just intense. And then I just hear a window shatter. So I look to my right and then I see a car just kind of speeding towards us through the crowd. This lady almost ran over several people. So then I see her and I froze because like, you know, it's scary. It's a fucking scary thing to see. Like you just see a car driving straight towards you. And then I just look back to see where my friends were. And then I see one of my friends behind me and she wasn't looking. I was frozen, but all I could say was like, move. So then she looks at me, She says, like, what are you talking about? And then she looks to her right and then she sees this car just going towards us. So then luckily she fucking moves out of the way. And then, um, she, the lady driving the car sped up even further. So I was trying to get a good glimpse of her license plate, but it's, it's fast. It's like that. Like, it's so fast that you can't even fucking see it. Nobody was recording it. Like,
0: no, in those like, adrenaline situations, yeah, well.
1: yeah. See, it's even in a protest, in a protest like that, where it's peaceful. We didn't see cops for shit, nothing. Everybody was having a good time. People were dancing. People were laughing, having a good time. Like. That you know, you still have to take a risk by standing up for things like that. Like well, we almost got fucking ran over even then, being out there and supporting the LGBTQ community and not just the LGBTQ community, Black Lives Matter.
0: Right. And besides the immediate physical harm risk, you are still taking risks in this pandemic being in such close quarters with so many I other know. people.
1: I mean, we were all wearing our masks, but even then, a mask is not a hundred percent guaranteed.
0: No, I and mean, To be fair, that's part of the reason I have not gotten off my fat ass and gone out and protest.
1: I Uh, was scared to do it before, but honestly, once I found out that it was the LGBT community and it was an organized, peaceful protest, actually, the LGBT community backed down from it because they didn't have the proper uh, documents to organize it, um... People still showed up and it was a peaceful protest. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was scared to go out and expose myself like that. You know, it's, it's, it's dangerous. But then what I think of is like, if I don't do this, who's going to do this for my nephew? Or who's going to do this for my nieces? They're young. If they don't see somebody standing up, why would they ever fucking stand up? They will just admit. And I don't want to give that type of future to my kids. I don't I'm not a mother. I don't ever want to be a mother, but like I said, I have my nieces and nephews and I have friends that have babies and
0: And you never know how life will change. You you may make the decision at some point. Who knows? Yeah,
1: and so it's just you know, it's just like greater than it than I am. Like it this so much Bigger than who I am or what I believe. I just wanted to make sure that I went out there and showed the fact that I support this, no matter how scary or dangerous it is. Like, I don't know.
0: No, good on you. Good on you. I feel, I personally have felt like a little bit of a hypocrite about it because it's like I support the fucking movement, but I haven't gotten off my ass because I am, I'm not, I wouldn't say, oh my God, I'm terrified of fucking COVID. But I'm also. It is know, terrifying, though. <laughs> yeah, it, I, believe me, I've read a lot of articles. It's not how I want to die, and I've had some respiratory issues in my in my life. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm I am only leaving my apartment like once every couple weeks at this point. So, and in none of those situations am I putting myself in a large group. And I just, I'm not willing to make. I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to potentially make the sacrifice.
1: But see, the thing is that um, even though you might not be out on those protests, you still have the platform to reach a greater audience like you are right now. You're allowing me to express all all of the thoughts that I've been dealing with and you've let me experience my situation going out and actually putting myself in that situation which I feel is nothing because... There's been people protesting in 90-fucking-degree weather. I'm just like, how? Like, it's hot as fuck. I'm just sweating my balls out. How are you out there? You know? You're still giving us the platform. And I'm, I'm well, happy thank to thank do. You.
0: I'm happy to do so. But another thing that I felt weird about was, you know, this is generally a comedy sex show. This is not... I try to avoid politics in most cases. It does; huh. it definitely happens. It especially when something as pertinent as this. It yeah. definitely needs to be discussed. But it's not usually shit like this. Is not part of my like public persona. If you go down my timeline, there's not a you know a ton of Black Lives Matters tweets. There's not a there's not a, not a lot of me standing for anything politically.
1: I get it. You don't, and I, I, don't our,
0: I don't want to come across as like, oh, because it's posh now, Matt's virtue signaling. Like
1: No, I don't think it's just that it's posh. It's just it's critical. It is critical. I, I've, I've 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 since I started doing porn, which was three years ago, I've been in the same situation. I never want to take sides because the moment you take sides. Then you gain some, you lose some, but you're more likely to lose people than to gain some.
0: Well, I'm not even worried so much about the loss of the game. It just, I don't want to, no matter what I say or I do, I don't want to come across as insincere. Yeah. Like I will say, I've said plenty of horrible shit on this show. Like I make horrible jokes all the fucking time.
1: I mean we're all human beings though we're
0: fucking right and a lot of a lot of this is my my own fucking issue that I just need to get over it's yeah. nothing beyond that it's just all in my fucking head of like oh well you know it seems like you're just virtue signaling that because you know this isn't something you regularly talk about this isn't something that li- so it it's just something that I have to personally come to grips with and that's all it is it's I mean, I agree and I support what the fuck's going on.
1: But it is scary though. It is scary because ultimately you and I could lose all our fucking livelihood our income because of what we stand for and what we believe. And that's the scary part. It is. I was fucking scared to talk about anything that was like this right now, you know? Like I said, for the past three years, I've never wanted to stand for anything. That's not in the middle. But now that I see my nieces and my nephew, I'm like, shit. Like, if I don't do this for them, who's going to do it? Like, I don't think we're already giving them the best fucking earth that they deserve. So, shit.
0: No, this is... It's a bad... It's been bad. It's the fact that, like... People of our generation don't really think about it, but people in our fucking parents' generation or definitely our grandparents' generation experienced like not subtle racism, like full on Jim Crow segregation.
1: Yeah, to the point where you couldn't drink on a fountain next to a fucking white man.
0: Right. Because well, you're black. Right. And this is shit that, I mean, I learned about it in school, but it was an ab. I was such a young age. It was such an abstract concept. You know, I'm. I grew up, especially in elementary school, in an African- American community in a black community. I was you know one of two white kids, one of two white boys in my elementary class. And when you know you're being taught at a young age about Jim Crow laws and segregation, it just seems like it's such an abstract concept. It's just a
1: foreign uh, concept.
0: right it's so abstract. It's just as abstract as like talking about Neanderthals.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, they existed, but I don't see it happening right now, right. so uh, but, it's then, not affecting me.
0: But as an adult, you're like, holy fuck, my parents' generation actually lived through that shit. Yeah. You know, I, one of my friends just posted an article about the town. Like, I grew up in a suburb directly north of Chicago, and he just posted an article about the the reason there's such a pocket of a black community in that that suburb is because they forced them there. It was, you know, they would only give them mortgages and loans, the black community mortgages and loans in these blocks. And at least when I still lived there in the 90s, it was still primarily those were the black neighborhoods. These were, you know, the white neighborhoods, even though those laws were still not on the books. And As a kid, you never really thought about why that was the black neighborhood. Yeah. But it's like, in our parents' lifetime, that shit, they were forced into those neighborhoods. They were forced into segregated neighborhoods. And that, you know, it definitely has happened here in Los Angeles, too. That's why.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's white neighborhoods, you know? And what happens the moment that white people start to move in, they kick all of the minorities out because then they're scared. That's happening right now. Look at what happened. You could be literally out fucking jogging, and then people assume that you're just gonna fuck shit up. It's not the truth.
0: Oh yeah the 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 gentrification definitely. I mean, Thank fight, you. Yeah. they're fighting
1: gentrification.
0: They're fighting in an Echo Park right now. They're fighting in Highland Park. You know, which we're both primarily, dominantly Hispanic neighborhoods. For
1: listen, um. My experience with racism, and it's not that it didn't happen before, because Hispanic people can be very fucking racist, too. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own family. But I grew up in Mexico, and I came to the United States when I was 14 years old. And I personally hadn't experienced racism until I moved to the United States. Once I fucking realized what it was, I was like, this has to be it. This has to be racism. Like, why is it that my friend is being looked down upon where all she's doing is just being herself, but she just has a dark skin color, you know? And then, like, again, it's not that Mexicans or Hispanics are not racist because they are. I've seen it happen over and over again, but it wasn't until I came to the United States where I fucking saw racism to the core. And that shit was scary. It still is scary. It still is scary. It's like...
0: Well, it's scary to the fact that, like, a woman would drive her car into a crowd because you guys are protesting against racism. How do you feel so strongly about racism?
1: To want to kill people,
0: right? To, to want to kill people, to want to potentially suffer the consequences of killing people over the tone of their skin.
1: Yeah, I know. I don't get it. But then again, it's because I'm a Hispanic woman again. But then as a woman, you know, that still happens. I, and even just that, like just with everything happen, happening with the police, like I personally lost my trust in, pol- in the police department a long time ago let me tell you why when i was fucking 18 years old i was living in burbank and burbank is a predominantly white area you know so one day i was walking to my mom's work she worked at ikea and all i had to do was go from my house go over a bridge and then walk a little bit to get to ikea well that day was hot as fuck It was 12 in the afternoon. So I decided to go under the bridge. When I was under the bridge, I had this, I I saw this guy escalate, just parked there, which I thought it was unusual. But I had my headphones on and I just kept walking. And then all of a sudden, I feel a guy just grabbing me behind and just trying to pull me towards his truck. By the grace of God, I fucking moved away and I punched him. I only punched him right here and I just fucking ran. So I got away. When I got to Ikea, my mom's manager, who he actually knew me, he saw how much in distress I was. So he called my mom over. And then when mom, my mom got there, I explained the situation. So they called the cops. When the cops got there... The first thing that they asked me was, Are you trying to make your boyfriend jealous? Cause I told them I had a boyfriend. My boyfriend lived in Arizona. So it's like, How the fuck is me being almost abducted? Like, gonna make my boyfriend jealous, right? So my aunt came to pick me up and she heard the cops and she just like started bawling her eyes out. So after that, I explained, um, I explained what the guy looked like. He was tall. He had long, black, curly hair. He looked Middle Eastern. He had a little bumblebee sticker on the back of his Escalade. He was dressed nice. So the Burbank Police Department called me back again, and they showed me a photo lineup of bald, cholo-looking fuckers. After that day, I lost my trust in the police department completely how can you think that me saying that i'm about to be fucking uh kidnapped is gonna make my boyfriend jealous you know and that was the first time that i had a negative encounter with the police department it hasn't been the only ever since then so now like it's not just racism, but now we're in the shit with cops, and that's the whole other thing. like who do you go to when the people that are supposed to take care of you or protect you are not even fucking listening?
0: I don't know. I'm, I mean, I honestly don't have an answer on who we're supposed to go to at that point, because we certainly: That's
1: why. Have you ever heard uh, yeah, I saw a meme that's like, have you ever heard of people say, "Fuck the fire department? No, nope. There's a song. Fuck the police for a reason, but it's not just a reason. Like we're literally seeing it on our fucking phones every day. I know. There's been five men, five men that have been recently lynched, hung. What, like, Would
0: I, the, I on the on the lynching question? Has there been any other information on that? because like,
1: um uh, I all I noticed that they've uh, a couple of them they had the uh, forensic examiners go through their cases and they declared that they were murdered well no fucking shit okay. come on man that's no coincidence oh. see it's like it's scary this is a oh no it's a scary
0: as shit when I first heard about those I hadn't heard that the forensic examiner had, con- had confirmed that they had been murdered.
1: At first, they said it was a suicide.
0: Right. And I didn't necessarily believe the official story. I was all about there needs to be an investigation. I am also one of the people that, like, I don't want to jump to conclusions either way because jumping to a conclusion without any proof that it was a murder... Yeah, I
1: and mean, that also creates
0: havoc. Right. it's all there, It's further divide. So, like, I definitely, one of my friends posted one of the memes about the gentleman in Palmdale who, is he one of the ones that came back that he was murdered? Yeah. Okay. So I was in the wrong there, but she posted just a meme that says they hung him justice for I'm, Sorry to my audience, sorry to everyone involved that I don't remember the jump
1: No, Listen, we might be wrong, but this is why we're talking about it, you know? Right. Like, and call me out of my bullshit! Come well, me I, out on your bullshit! Like, let's uh, have a serious discussion about
0: this. And my first response to the meme was, do you have any links to reputable sources that are saying that they hung him? By just saying they hung him is just inciting outrage and furthers the divide. If there's nothing... That's backing up that he was hung. Now, if you had a meme or a post that says demanding further investigation, not saying they hung him, I'd be all for that. That, that, That's that's the problem is the lack of nuance. Okay. Yes. They turned out that he was murdered.
1: It's the lack of nuance and... The overwhelming amount of information that we're seeing on the internet, whether it's right or where it's not right. There's so much info.
0: That's the problem. People are emotionally invested in what they want to believe already. Yeah. So they go, fuck, I agree with that. They just run with it. They don't pump the brakes for half a second to even ask, where did you get this information? Yeah. When it came to stuff about... The president, politics, COVID, anything. Anytime someone posts a meme like it's fact, I am always the first person to be like, pump the brakes, cite your sources. Even if it's something I agree with.
1: Yeah. No, but still, yeah, that's the thing. And that's, it's just so much easier to see a meme, be like, oh, yeah, fuck this motherfucker. This is wrong. But also, like, do your research. Right. How many, yeah, like, what if.
0: I mean, when you're it, seeing
1: on camera. I'm not saying that these killings are like. I'm not saying that they should be excused, but at the same time, because this this is the age of information, you have to take shit with a grain of salt. Well, and you have to do your research,
0: especially where it's been proven that there are foreign actors purposely trying to fan the flames of this. This is definitely. A, well,
1: I know a legitimate
0: yeah. organic movement that is coming out of this, but people are foreign actors are seeing opportunity, and now I sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, but it's true. There are foreign so, foreign actors who are trying to fan the flames.
1: This
0: is true, but that's like in anything, you know? Right, but why why fall into the trap? Why fall well, into I the mean, trap like- of fall, uh, fanning the flames when it doesn't need to be?
1: Well, because it's either it's just easier to believe what's being said or it's just what you want to believe, like you said.
0: Yeah. And that's a problem, though. Just blindly doing, just blindly going with what you want to, what you already want to believe with your confirmation bias is a problem, no matter where you fall. Like, no matter it's. Give me
1: a second. I need a tinkle.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break as Kitty tinkles.
1: Yeah, I need that pee piece.
0: <laughs> I'm the one <laughs> drinking alcohol and she's got to pee. So, Kitty Jaguar is back from uh, her urination.
1: <laughs> Thank you for letting me pee. <laughs> right,
0: I, did, I didn't know I was in control of the situation that you need my permission to pee. You're oh in my your oval. I'm, your a own-
1: submiss- I'm a submissive. I always need consent. <laughs>
0: okay, well. well, next time you got to ask me a little better then. You got okay. you can't okay. just get up and
1: be like I'm going to be master. Can I please go pee? No. What do you like to be called then?
0: What can Oh I no, no, I was you? just saying you can't go pee.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. So, another thing that I would like to discuss because I think this is very relevant. Um right now in I mean, just every time you look at Twitter, right? People in the porn community are just attacking each other. Like nonstop. Well, this fucking company did this, this fucking person did that. Like, what is your stand on it?
0: Unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast with porn. Because there's not much guidance in this industry. You probably can attest. Like, yeah. You've been in three years. Yeah. How many people have actually like given you solid career advice? Or like
1: this many.
0: Right, exactly.
1: A handful.
0: A handful. And there are probably other performers, right? No yes. one, No agents, no producers, no...
1: No, I'm an independent contractor. I do my own porn, my own scenes. Right. I don't really work for major production companies.
0: But it, no one who's in a position of authority has been the ones giving you advice. No. No one who... No one, unless it's another independent performer who hires you, who would potentially hire you, even though you are an independent has given you that advice. Yes. And that's commonplace for most performers. Because if you're problematic, in a lot of cases, it's just easier not to hire you, not to deal with you, than try to coach you on your behavior.
1: Wait. Oh, I mean, like any job, right? I mean...
0: Right, but say you're a super talented computer programmer, and a company has spent a lot of money investing in you and you're a linchpin to the product they may not just be like eh, we're fucking done with you if you act a certain way now yeah. if, it, if it's certain to a certain degree obviously they're gonna be like fuck you you're out but there's still gonna be someone who's gonna try to give you some guidance if yeah. it's just a minor personality conflict it's just the nature of the beast with porn was like there's a low barrier of entry if you're a female performer Yeah no one other performers may give a fuck about you people who sign checks unless you have developed an interpersonal relationship with them
1: they give a fuck
0: well, <laughs> right they, uh, uh, someone, yeah. unless you have developed an interpersonal relationship with someone who signs checks they're not going to go out of their way to be like to, you know dm you or text you be like what did you just do why yeah. <laughs> why did you like And that is just the nature of the beast of porn, and because, as we said earlier in the conversation, there are so many young people that are getting into this business, and that's always been the way. It's always been people that are eighteen getting in.
1: How do you think we can change this though? Because that's what I want to fucking know. Like, since we're having these discussions, like
0: I know we're supposed to have a a fun conversation about your butthole this whole time, and I'm
1: sorry, I think my butthole is. No, like, no, no, no. We relevant. will get you. Don't
0: worry. I will not ignore we'll
1: you. To my butthole. I will I not ignore you.
0: I will not ignore your butthole this whole show. I promise you. But we're having. No,
1: that's fine. That's fine. No, we're having so a real. Things like things are far beyond my butthole
0: right now. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, no, I agree. But I, I just want to promise to you and my audience, we are not going to ignore your butthole this whole time.
1: Whenever you want to talk about my butthole, let me know because I'm ready. Well,
0: <laughs> you're like fuck this serious. Sh-. No, but. we
1: no, it's not fuck this. Like, no, no,
0: no. no, I know. That's I, what I'm saying. I, like, I, I've heard your reputation. Your butthole's always ready. I know.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. but I don't want
1: to talk about my butthole and all that stuff. Um, maybe you can do that for the rest of the show because I feel like we've already hit enough topics where well, it's like...
0: I'd, li- I'd like to finish this point. We should not just make the horrible, poor segue to your butthole. Your butthole deserves more respect than this segue. I Thank could.
1: you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so where but, are we going with this?
0: Well, I'm just saying, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know how those changes could be made. Because at the end of the day, pornography is a business. Adult entertainment is a business.
1: Sex work will be there until the day of the end of humanity. Right. Like It's not going anywhere.
0: 100%. What... Financial motivation does someone have to look out for their fellow performer? That's what's going to implement change.
1: That's a good question.
0: Right. Unfortunately, people are not Um, going to, they're not going to just do it because it's the right thing. No. In a lot of cases, for someone who's hot and new to burn out and fade away benefits veteran performers.
1: Especially for a mainstream stream platform performers. Cause it's like, if there's no competition, baby, I'm on top.
0: Right. You know, me, yeah. you know, I won't cause drama on set.
1: I know. Like I know you, you know me, I'll recommend you to my people. My people will work with you and then fuck the other people that are just starting out, even though they're amazing.
0: Right. It's it, so until there's a financial reason to develop talent, I don't think it'll change.
1: That's fucked up.
0: It's fucked up, but (laughs) lots of things in this world are fucked up.
1: I know. And because of the fact that it's fucked up, it's why you and I have been sitting here talking about this shit for an hour already. I think the thing is, like, It's important to have these discussions. It's important. It's important. It's important. It's important to talk about this because we have the platform to reach a fucking audience greater than what we are as an individual.
0: Definitely, and I'm not knocking organizations like APAC, which is all performer based. Yeah, that are trying to do the right thing. They are, but yes the amount of people that are involved in APAC versus the amount of people that are actively performing is a huge divide. Absolutely a huge divide. Yeah. I had a friend of mine come to a party back in February and he left an APAC meeting. And before he showed up to the party, he's like, I think we had 15 people there. You know, this is a performer advocacy group that is looking out for other performers and 15 people showed. So until there's a reason for other performers to give a fuck about other performers. Nothing when it fucks change.
1: with their money,
0: right? But <laughs> it fucks with it, potentially fucks with their money to give a fuck about other performers.
1: So, okay, right. but for APAC though,
0: yeah, but this is an advocacy group and people don't show up to the meetings. People, you know, how do you expect the industry to make any lasting change if it's a minority of voices? That are yeah. trying to make the change.
1: Again, it's like, it's so easy for me to fucking tweet. Oh, I stand behind this movement and I support it. I'll fucking share tweets that represent this. But ultimately, what are you actually doing?
0: Well, it's it's the same concept of promoting a, an event on Facebook. It's like, oh my God, I look, look, I promoted the event. It's on Facebook. It, it took no effort. No one gives a fuck because it took no yeah. effort.
1: Nobody was inconvenienced by it. It's just easier to be at home like I am right now. Like, Oh, I'm just sitting in my bed talking about like, yeah, I could do this. But also, what am I doing inside of this?
0: Exactly. So I think we're a long way off from seeing any lasting change or any change for performer guidance.
1: I don't. Think we're a long way. I think we are already well in the uh, like first steps of it because of all of the things that well, these major production companies have been acknowledging. Well, granted, I, yes, we're not there yet. No well, way.
0: On, the, on, on the racism and those issues, I think we are much further than the issues of performer guidance and performer conduct.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: those are completely separate issues in my mind. And one of them because of the greater narrative from the outside world, if it was just performers making a lot of noise about racism in the industry and the equality of IR scenes and all that stuff, it would probably continue to go ignored.
1: Yeah, but I
0: agree. Because the whole because society as a whole is like this is fucked. These companies that are in business to be in bus- to make business are like holy shit. We need to make change. Because society as a whole is not like hey, it's probably not the smartest thing in the world to call out that other girl publicly on Twitter and have your fans attack her. Yeah. People need reason to wanna change. They need some sort of motivation.
1: I know and that's where I stand like I don't know how I keep asking people please help me understand please help me help you not just help you but like help me too because I'm in this fucking industry that is already being looked down upon people assume right from the get go that because I do porn I'm just like a trash human being that's not fucking true I'm trying to do what I can And I don't know how to do that unless people tell me
0: I was a trash human being well before I got involved in the porn industry. So
1: I wasn't, I wasn't, I was actually working at a hospice and I was going to school to be a sex therapist. Like I've always been wanting to help people, but again, like how can I help if I don't know Like if people are not telling me, hey, maybe if you did this or maybe you did that instead, people are like, fuck you, you're just trash, you're a fucking piece of shit. You do porn. And a lot of those you have no morals, you have no standards, like
0: well, in a lot of those situations, people are just parroting shit they've been told. Like they're not actually giving it any real thought to why they think you're a horror or trash human. Just but what,
1: isn't that what most people think about porn anyway? I mean, it's always been the case.
0: Yeah, and we're living in a country that was founded by puritanical prudes, so that yeah. shit is completely rolled downhill generation generation. Because
1: we're being lynched and hung on trees. Right. We are. They were called witches.
0: We are following <laughs> guidelines and laws written by people who did not shit indoors. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like. Think about that. Think about that. You are following the guidelines of people who did not shit indoors. Like, do you really think that they knew what was up? No. But the problem is, people just parrot what they've been taught. Like, oh, it made sense way back in the day that you did not want to sleep with a loose woman because there could be fatal diseases. There could be the question of paternity. There could be an, all these things that science has fucking fixed that are not big deals anymore.
1: Yeah, but they were big deals because we right. were losing their lives though. Right, exactly. it Like they just they were it, fucking dying.
0: Right. It made the same sense of like why both Judaism and, you know, um Muslims don't eat pork. Cause undercooked pork will kill you.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but guess what? We know that shit now. So pork's fucking delicious. It is. <laughs> I had a pork chop sandwich for breakfast. Like, shit.
1: I like pork. <laughs>
0: I love that shit. I love it. But you can't just live your life parroting what someone else is parroting that they were, they're parroting from someone else, from someone else that had, you know, was a rule made thousands, hundreds of, or hundreds or thousands of years ago because that shit doesn't apply to modern society. Yeah. You know, the idea of like, oh, my God, I want my bride to be a virgin on our wedding night. Fuck, no, I don't.
1: Hell, no. The fact that people still think that because I am not married and I have sex side of that, that I'm just going to go to hell. Well,
0: the thing about that that is (laughs) the majority of the people who probably think you're going to hell for it are probably giant hypocrites who have had premarital sex. Facts.
1: Facts. So Look at the, oh, I don't want to get into detail again. Like I'm trying to take sides to an extent, but I'm also not because if I wanted to, <laughs> I'd be going off on motherfuckers right now. The but, point is, you
0: like the in point the Bible, is- he
1: who is the first one guilty of sin be the first one to throw the first stone. Right, motherfuckers, come at me. In a lot of cases,
0: <laughs> a lot of cases, I feel like. That it's people that are the people that are vocally anti sex work are either they want to just be oppressive, they just want to oppress sex workers for whatever reason, you know, because sex work does give women upward mobility that they may not get in other lines of work. You can make a lot of fucking money in sex work.
1: Gives us power. Yeah, not just that.
0: Well, power. Right. It gives you power. It gives you money. It it could elevate your status in life. It could, if you chose to have children, potentially elevate their status in life too.
1: But also, if you had children, that could fuck up your own status. Like,
0: (laughs) well, yeah. But I'm saying, like, post, like, say you hit it big. Like, okay, let's look at one of the biggest names in the industry ever, Janet Jameson. Janet Jameson you know, started off from pretty modest means. Yes. And, I mean, I don't know what her financial situation is like these days, but there was a point where she was making insane money buying real estate. And if she had just decided to walk away from the game at that point, her kids would have been set for life. Her kids would have gone to the finest skills. Her kids would have, you know, never worried about where the next meal was going to come from, if they'd have a roof over their head, if they were going to be able to go to college. And that all stemmed from Jenna's sex work.
1: But then again, I mean...
0: I mean, I'm just saying saying the sex work provides these opportunities.
1: Yes, but also Jenna Jameson had to go through a lot of hurdles just to get where she is.
0: I'm not saying it was easy. I'm just saying it provided her opportunities that a normal nine to five may not have provided her.
1: I'm witness of that. I mean, I can vouch for that. I was working two jobs. I was going to school to be a sex therapist. And on top of that, I was at a, I was volunteering at a hospice. I was training volunteers, how to deal with people at the end of their life. And I had just gotten hired to work and do everything that I was doing for free, but actually get paid.
0: So I'm curious, what made you decide to get into hospice work?
1: I was going to school to be a sex therapist, and I had to do um, community service.
0: That's a difficult job for anyone who does not know.
1: For anybody that does not know, well, why don't you hospice? Don't you, yeah. Hold on, a hospice is a place where people that have been diagnosed with an illness that gives them one year or less of life to give uh, to live. That's where they go, because you have people that already understand your situation and they know how to take care of you, not just physically, but mentally. So I was I ended up there because uh, one of my assignments for my human sexuality class, as I said, I was going to school to be a sex therapist. One of them was either volunteer at a hospice or volunteer at a 911 call center. Originally I wanted to be at a 911 call center. Like I'm very morbid and even nowadays I will literally sit on my YouTube and look up like horrifying 911 calls and it's not that I like get off to it, but I'm just like shit, what if I was in that situation and I could have reacted a different way and helped them, you know, like anyway. My schedule didn't Aligned with that. So I ended up at a hospice. And because of the hospice and because of the people that I met and dealing with the fact that they were at the end of their lifetime, I decided that I needed to do what was best for me because at the end of the day, I will die alone. And even if your family is there, that's an experience unique to each other like it doesn't matter how good you were or how much of a fucking shitty person you are death is just in a unique experience
0: nope yep. we born, we're we born alone we die alone
1: seriously yeah
0: and that's why like i often have conversations with people i i want to know more about the hospice stuff in a second for sure this is why i often have conversations with people when like they're like oh i would love to do this or that and I'm like why don't you Well, my family, like, who the fuck are you living for? Yeah. Like, are you living for yourself? Are you living for the expectations of someone else? At the end of the day, you're going to die alone. Yeah. You're going to die. Are you going to perhaps, I mean, personally on my deathbed, I think I would regret more that I didn't take chances that I lived up to my family's expectations versus that I may have disappointed some people and did what I wanted to do with life.
1: When my family found out that I was doing porn, they were all just baffled because it's like, how is it that you're fucking going to school to be a sex therapist that you're working at a hospice and all of a sudden you're doing porn? Like that makes no fucking sense. I'm like, actually, it makes a lot of fucking sense because I don't want to live my life fucking regretting shit. Like, I don't want to be at the end of my fucking lifetime on my deathbed. Just fucking thinking like, shit, if only I had actually listened to myself instead of what my mom wanted me to do. Exactly. I explained that to my mother, and my mother was quiet. She's like, you know what? Okay, I get it. Just don't be stupid about it. Like, Be smart and just take care of yourself. If you ever need me, I will be there. And that was just like, uh, that was a beautiful moment too, because, you know, I had the balls to do what I wanted and not just that my family supported me because of it. I feel fucking well and lucky.
0: The, <laughs> and the bravery to just fall, flat out tell your family instead of like having them find out through a third party.
1: Well, I mean, the only reason why they found out was because I ha- I had been posting my like, BDSM shoots on Instagram. That's before I even did porn. So my mom called me. She's like, are you prostituting yourself? I'm like, I'm not prostituting myself, but actually, since we're on the subject, I'm doing porn. (laughs) Uh, It's different. Not that I'm talking down upon one, but they're totally different things, you know?
0: (laughs) I mean, I feel they're both valid sex work. I feel that pornography is a safer route.
1: It is. Yes. Then, like, me standing in the fucking corner waiting for a car to come and scoop me by. How many women and trans women have been killed by just doing that, you know?
0: Oh, definitely. Well, just even if you were doing high-end escorting.
1: Yeah, even escorting there's always that risk. At least with porn, you know, we get verified, we have to go uh through a fucking um agency that tests us. We have to fi- uh we have to provide legal documentation like two forms of ID and on top of that, fi- uh, sign a model release form. So, yes, I feel right, protected.
0: At the end of the day, most of the time If you're on mainstream sets, you're working with the same handful of dudes. You know, you know who you're going to be working with. Yeah, and you have the
1: small. It's a small, big world, right? Especially porn.
0: And you have the ability to say no, like, "Hey, I don't want to work with that guy." If you're, you know, a prostitute or an escort,
1: you take what you can when you have it in front of you.
0: Exactly, and you may end up with someone. That even if they're not violent, you just have an unpleasant experience with, and then if they want to continue giving you business, it, it becomes a whole. It becomes a whole thing. Yeah. But,
1: I mean, that's that's the shit anywhere you go, you know? You can literally be fucking walking outside the street, going to an ice cream shop, and shit can still happen. 100%. The thing is, people assume because, like, oh, you're in sex, where you're automatically either, like, you have mental issues, or you just don't give a fuck about yourself, or you're just willing to put yourself at risk. When is that the case?
0: No. Pornography has social stigmas. Is not all that physically risky.
1: Okay, so now that we're on this subject, let's cut to anal.
0: (laughs) Well, before we continue, I really want to know a little bit more about the hospice stuff. I really, because I'm really curious. Ask
1: me anything you want.
0: So what were you doing at the hospice?
1: Okay, so when I was at the hospice, I would go and first I would have to meet the patients. Uh, A lot of them... Wanted nothing to do with me because again they're just at the end of the life. They're just kind of jaded. It's like you're just kind of like a nuisance to them. Like
0: I can imagine. Ah, uh,
1: well, like somebody fucking sent you here. My family can't be here for me all the time, so they just send a volunteer. So I, now I, I have to deal with you.
0: I totally get the idea of like, hey, I'm gonna be dead soon, and not being particularly empathetic to your situation or you know, they're the the yeah. the idea of someone who is in their mind, potentially using them to further their own life.
1: Yeah. The- it was, that was most of my patients. They wanted nothing to fucking do with me. But that's what I liked about it. It was a challenge to me. I'm like, okay, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> fuck you. You may not want to deal with me, but I guarantee you that I'm going to make you smile at one point or another. <laughs> so I always took it as a challenge. And that was my fucking motive too. I'm like, okay, fuck this sour motherfucker. I'm going to make you smile. Like, by the time I leave here, you're going to be happy that I got to spend time with you. Well, at least in my fucking, like, not selfish, but like conceited way. That's how I saw it. Right. So it was, it was a challenge. It was always a challenge. Um, There's many people that didn't like me and not all of them wanted me to be around. There was times where they, I had to just stop seeing them because (laughs) they wanted nothing to do with me. But at the end of the day, like, realistically like 90% of them did appreciate the fact that I was there whether I was there like telling them a story or asking them about their life or just reading a fucking book or just sitting there literally just next to them as they're watching tv just the fact that you have someone there for you makes shit less scary and I think I did it because I've been on my own since 14. So I know what it's like not to have people around you. And when you do find someone that actually is just there for you, man, that makes a world of a difference. That can make it a rake is.
0: Definitely. Definitely. In your experience at the hospice, did you ever encounter someone who, like, voice their regrets on their deathbed or while they were in hospice?
1: Yes, many of them. Um, And the way that they would voice it was, they would tell me about how... I'll tell you an example. Let's call him James. So, James was a really bitter, sour, old, angry man that didn't want to fucking talk to you, didn't want to deal with you. He just... He was pissed off because his family put him in a hospice, but his family members couldn't take care of him. You know, you have to understand that to take care of a person that is in that situation, it takes a lot of work, a lot. You have to be there 24 7. And so, James' kids, he had two sons they had work, they had kids, they couldn't be there. So the only way that they felt like they could take care of him was by putting him out of hospice. So when I met James, he didn't want to deal with me for shit. It took me probably like three weeks to get James to actually like talk to me because all he would do is he's like, well, you could just sit there. So he would just have me sit there next to him as he's watching TV. So over time, though, James expressed to me that he had always been so worried because he was trying to make sure that his kids were well taken care of, that he neglected his kids in the process of doing so. James was actually an air pilot. So he wasn't home much. In the way James explained it it was like, I wasn't home because I just wanted to provide a future for them.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a that's a common misconception with men. It's like, oh, I have to be a good provider, not necessarily a good father, not necessarily a good member of this family. I just have to be a good provider.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, especially when James grew up, uh, when I met him, James was getting near 90 years old. So, when he grew up, that was a long time ago, and shit was way different. Yeah. I mean, but I do remember that, like, when I actually got to bond with James, he said, he's like, I really wish I would have been there for my kids more than instead of trying to provide economically for them.
0: That is a horrible balancing act that, you know- people have to deal with it's like that's a privilege that well fucking brings it's like oh hey I can be there for you financially and I can be there for you emotionally potentially
1: that First. is a privilege yeah yeah because yeah. if you are making like like him you know he's a pilot so he, he has to be traveling the world all the time but in his mind he's doing it for his kids but also his kids are like fuck you're never even there for me Yeah,
0: I'm I'm sure that a lot of, you know, that happens all the fucking time. I mean, it just happens to a lot of people like, oh, hey. It happens
1: all the time. And when I tell people that I dealt with people in the hospice and they had all these regrets, they always assume like, oh, well, I wish I could have fucking traveled to China and this, this. But that's not the regrets I'm talking about. No. (laughs) It's like James. The regret was like he focused so much on providing economically and financially that he missed out on his kids' lives all throughout it because he was so scared to leave them with nothing, when in reality, he left them with nothing as far as his dad.
0: Right, and on, why do you think they had probably very little empathy about putting him into a hospice? They're like, he was never there for us in the first place. We're not really missing him.
1: I mean, it is true though. Like, yeah, it's like, how can I help you? I mean, I'm working. I have my family. I have my kids. I have to do what I have to do. So, I'm just gonna put you in a place where I mean, because that's what you'll be taken care of.
0: Because that's what you taught. That's what you taught us. A good man does. He provides. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's uh, that's what I think when I think like, hey, I didn't do what I wanted to in life. It's not just like going places or experiencing things, but it's so much more than that. Like, being a part of your children's life, even though you want them to be well-established financially and economically, sometimes we want you. Yeah. We don't want your money.
0: Well, and that's why there's um, that study that shows there's diminishing returns on happiness Like when you make over 70000 a year. like
1: Really? Yeah. I'm going to look it up.
0: Okay. But the, <laughs> there's uh, been studies that show that like money brings happiness to a point. If he was there and unemployed, and his kids were worried about a roof over their head and having food on their plate, I'm sure they would not have had a good childhood.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's the shit again. It's like shit. You might it, have also fi- blamed it on your parents too because it's hey, a balancing act.
0: It's a balancing act. You got you got to make so much that you don't have to worry about essentials, but you can't make, you can't sacrifice the other important stuff.
1: I know, but it's like, how do you not? Personally, I have been afraid of having kids and I don't think I'll ever have kids because it's that same balance like I know I'm trying to do the best for you and I want to do it but also what if and me trying to do the most I fail
0: Oh hey I'm right there with you that's I mean that is definitely part of the reason I don't want children because my father was That's scary. That's my, scary. My father was like James he was he tried to be a good provider. He was a shit father. But he was a good provider. Like
1: that's he, like my father too. My dad goes to church every day at six in the morning. He tried, but also he wasn't there. <laughs> right. Well,
0: and then let me rephrase. My father was not a good provider. He was an adequate provider. <laughs> but you know, we never had to worry about being homeless. Most you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, there's food on the table. It's not like we're okay.
1: W- I think that's a good way to um, describe my dad too. He was not adequate. It's not that he was bad. He's just not adequate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, my my father was ge- legitimately a bad father. He was just an adequate provider. He, but that's part of the reason I I don't want kids because like I very well I'm I've proven it. I'm capable of holding down. A job that will fucking make me miserable if it makes enough money. Mm-hmm. But I am so fucking selfish that I don't want to make that sacrifice for a child. And I don't want to turn into a resentful fucking piece of shit.
1: Because you had to do that for your child.
0: Exactly. So yeah. I'd rather I just avoid like- the situation.
1: Yeah, I know. I see my sister and my brother, um, they have kids. And actually, when I first moved to the United States, my sister had just given birth like two days before. So I grew up with a newborn and uh, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. It doesn't not just that. Once they grow old, it doesn't matter how well you try to educate them, like the way that the world is right now. That's even scarier to me because you can teach them morals and you can teach them values, but all they have to do is turn on their fucking iPhones and see all kinds of bullshit.
0: Well, on and top of it,
1: also, they'll they'll make their all, their own assessment and opinions of that, and, and it's just like to me, I'm like, I'm scared, <laughs> I'm scared because just but- the fact that I do porn, like I don't want my kid to grow up thinking that because of my profession that I'm already like a trash human being or you know I mean they might be in school and their peers find out that I do porn and so now like I don't know know. it's scary (laughs) Oh,
0: it's definitely scary but also one of the things that I feel is scary is what morals do you teach them like I was taught you know I grew up in the Midwest it was like you know you'll be rewarded for a hard day's work well In my personal experience, in living my life, a hard day's work is not necessarily what gets you ahead. Interpersonal relationships will get you further. Being attractive, in a lot of cases, will just get you free shit.
1: Facts. Right. Facts. There's many studies on this. (laughs) Right.
0: But do you really want to raise a child and be like, so be as attractive as you possibly can be because people will just give you shit because you're attractive? Is that the kind of morals you want to instill in a child? That sounds like you'll raise a horrible person.
1: Yeah, like, Uh, do
0: I want to tell you the truth and make you fucking shitty? Or
1: yeah, it's a slippery slope. And you know, I I commend uh, performers in the industry that have kids because there's so many of them that I see them, and they're just bad as fuck. And then they teach they teach their kids. Uh, you know it's not just the right values but they teach them how to understand and overcome all the difficulties that come with being a performer but it's just like that's a lot of fucking work (laughs) i'm literally like you see my plants yep i'm trying to keep my plants alive okay (laughs) like i don't even want to have a cat or a dog right now because that's already enough like hey know your place i, I know, know for I, don't even have plans.
0: <laughs> I don't even have plans so it's fine
1: exactly. i'm like know your place it's not that i no nah, i don't want to have kids but i am just scared and i fear for the future of my nieces and nephews which again brings me back to the point where like whatever little thing i can do i'm gonna try to do it even if it's just me showing up at a fucking protest you know fuck yeah i don't know
0: (laughs) hey i'm right there with you i'm trying to be a cool uncle like my sister has a kid my niece is awesome i'm trying to be a cool uncle that's that's about the extent of it i'm gonna be cool with that kid so when it's time for me to get my body floated down the ganges that like at least it's a proper like flotation
1: (laughs) you know it's funny speaking of like Nieces and nephews, because my sister's kids are 14, 13, and 8. So, for (laughs) it was Thanksgiving, and I called her. And then my 13 year old niece is like, Hello, my favorite stripper. (laughs) I was like, Bitch, I'm not a stripper anymore. But also, like, I didn't really want to say that I do porn, you know, I had to call my sister afterwards. I'm like, so like, what do I say if they come and talk to me and approach me about it? Like, she's like, dude, you just have to be real with them. Like,
0: I, I feel like the safe response at 14 is I'm a model.
1: Well, no, they already knew that I was stripping. I had already stopped stripping. So like they already know.
0: Hey, the you're, you're a model. You sign a model release.
1: But also, again, I mean, all they have to do is just log on into any major porn uh, site, and well, hopefully I'm they're not...
0: hopefully they're not doing that. Hopefully,
1: come on, man, what were you doing at thirteen or fourteen years old?
0: The internet wasn't a thing when I was thirteen or fourteen.
1: True, you're older. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But no, I not, came not, to across... say,
0: not to say that I was not getting my hands on fucking porno mags in those days.
1: Exactly, you had Hustlers and Playboys. Like,
0: right oh my god I had hustlers at playboys there was an antique shop i don't know why they had a bunch of like older porno mags like in a box and they would sell them to us and these were like not normal shit that you would get on a shelf like this shit had por- penetration in it <laughs> <laughs> like stills of penetration yeah. it was just like i don't even know how old i was but it was just like you know, exactly
1: but- now like even if i don't tell them that i do porn like i'm not saying like i'm a top performer but literally i've had friends that are like yo i just saw you on the front page of this side or this side you know and i'm just like they're gonna come across my shit one day so
0: so when, that's your, the way I, when your friends that's come across, I was, when your friends come across your shit they're talking about your butthole oh there's the segue. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, they know about that. See, the thing about my friends is like, I'm a hypersexual human being. Again, I was going into school to be a sex therapist before I even did porn or even considered stripping or any of that stuff. So they knew. But still, that's my friends, though. So they they get to deal with me. They interact with me. They know who I am. But like my nieces, they see me in a total different light. So now they can literally just pop up any porn site and it's like oh shit that's my aunt <laughs> like and she has her butthole tattooed with the "That's nasty bitch like why would i ever take advice from this fucking hell but again that's what i told my sister i'm like help me like i don't know what to say like
0: you have lots they should be taking a ton of advice from you you have a lot of unique life experience
1: yeah, and that's what I see. This is why I wanted to talk to you about all this stuff, like you know, like the fact that you're allowing me to express myself and to tell my story and how it is that I got from point A to porn. <laughs> like it's just amazing. Um, actually, she asked me to take care of my nieces for the Fourth of July weekend, and um, I want to come out of the closet. <laughs> I didn't even do that with my parents, but I want to come out of the closet with my nieces. And that's why I was asking, I'm like, what do I do? Like, I don't want to corrupt them. I also don't want, like, whatever you've been teaching them to go against, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I'm, honestly, I don't even know what kind of conversation you have with a, a child of that age. Like, I'd hope, I mean, I'm not certain, I'd hope that sex is still, like, a concept, not a reality to them at this point?
1: Well, my sister has had the birds and the beast talk right, but, with them. But But again, it's not the same. Right. Losing like, your virginity, it's not the same as like, oh, your aunt's doing fucking porn and she has an asshole tattoo and she's well, like, even, being gay bait <laughs> like,
0: But even like
1: penetration.
0: <laughs> even like the the difference between having the act of sex, you know, explaining the birds and bees, too, versus, like, actually experiencing it, at least for, in my personal experience, there was a great divide there. Like, it is. Yes. So, I don't know. I'd hope at 14 they're not sexually active yet, so it, it becomes a little bit more of a conversation because, you know, I lost my virginity at 16, and at least there was, like, even, you know, at that point in life... It's still about, it's about the attraction and like, you know, oh my God, sex, it's exciting. It's, it's not the same as sex work where you, you you are probably having sex with people. You've probably had sex with people that you wouldn't have had sex with if it was off camera.
1: I don't know because I lost my virginity at 14. Okay. And the reason why I lost my virginity was because I stumbled upon porn, right? I was just like, okay let's just do it. I want to see what the fuck the buzz is about. I mean, so, I'm
0: I may be showing my fucking age here.
1: No, I know, but like, I, you know, this is the shit. It's like, I'm so scared. I'm like, well, I don't know how to be also, a proper guide. I also think, this.
0: I also think if I were given the opportunity at 14, I would have fucked. Like, <laughs> like you, know, if, if any, yeah. <laughs> you know, if any girl at my age, at that age, been like down, I've been like down.
1: How'd you lose your virginity?
0: Oh, I've told the story on air, but it—it it was drunk. It was messy. It was—it <laughs> was probably immorally bad, co- bad choice because <laughs> it was with someone else's girlfriend. It was a whole thing. Oh. <laughs> it was the I whole get thing. It. I, I'm. I've t- like, I would regale you with the whole story. I have no problems with that. I have just told it on air a handful of times, and my audience I, probably doesn't want to hear it for like
1: you have to the- call me off there and then tell me. Yeah. No, no, no <laughs> I, mean, wrap.
0: I will happily be like, okay, now that we're not recording and I'm not boring my audience with this again, <laughs> this is how it went down. It was, you know.
1: Yeah, it's like, for me, I literally hit on my homie. I was 14. He was 15, and I just thought he was the cutest guy at the time. So I'm like, hey, you want to take my virginity away? But then again, there's like no protection, no security. I just remember, I like we did it, and I got home, and I was bleeding. I'm like, "Fuck, I'm done. Like this is it. Like <laughs> I'm dying." <laughs> so, shit. Again, it go it comes back to me, and he says, "I want to know how." I mean, I- in a, in a clusterfuck how to teach them better and how to make them feel safe
0: i feel like the the best way to go about teaching them and like coming out of the closet with them is probably ask them questions first before you just come out of the closet be like or let them ask me yeah let yeah, let them ask you questions but also ask them questions like so have you had sex like what does it mean to you like get their grasp on what their ideas about the situation are before you just drop concepts on them.
1: Well, I wouldn't do that because then, you know, I mean, I'm a hypersexual human being. I will literally scare people off. <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm like, like, whoa, we're never talking about anal. It's like, whoa, bitch, calm down. <laughs> for
0: sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I'm just saying. I, I feel like the, the best way to broach the conversation with them is try to gauge where they're at, so you're not just dropping like. It'd be like, yo, I'm rolling into this basic math class, and I'm going to drop calculus on you.
1: Yeah. I agree. Thank you. I think you're spot on on that.
0: So, do you understand algebra? Okay, you understand (laughs) algebra. Now I can try to bring this in concepts you understand.
1: Yeah, well, see, like, I know my nieces for sure already know about sex to an extent, because... Right, but my sister asked me about it a week ago. She's like, "They just asked me about the birds and the bees." No, so yeah, but if, like, they're oh, the, if they're just asking like, about the,
0: if they're just asking about the birds and the bees, they're probably not experienced. Actually, experienced the birds and the bees, so it's.
1: I know, but like also like if they would ask me, they would assume that because they 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 think that I'm a stripper already. Like I'm already on another level, so I'm like, how do I like bring it down a notch so that I, uh, I don't say too much. <laughs>
0: as I said, ask them questions. Thank uh.
1: you. I will do that. Yeah. I'm going to just shut the fuck up. I mean, like, still, so what do you want to know?
0: Yeah. What do you want to know? Um, what do, what do you know already? Like, you know, cause like they may be calling you a stripper, but they have no real concept of what a stripper is. Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> you're right. Yes. So, you know, the, because like, I remember, like, to me, a strip is like, oh, you just get up on the pole and dance. I've actually stripped. It's not the same at all. <laughs>
0: no, no. 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 Stripping's about selling a fantasy. The pole is a very little part of it.
1: Yeah. And not just selling a fantasy. Like, you're also dealing with motherfuckers that have absolutely no respect for you. Yeah. And they assume because you are doing this that you don't have any respect for yourself, too.
0: Yeah. Like, oh. You have low self-esteem. That's why uh, you need this validation. Yeah, th- there's a whole, the whole thing to it.
1: No, you must have daddy issues. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, cause that's the bad stereotype. That's the bad stereotype from Hollywood writing. You know, how many, how many people's like experiences are colored by popular culture that they've seen That is just the imagination of someone in a writer's room writing it that has no basis in reality has done no research on what they're writing about
1: the fucked up thing about the whole daddy issues is that why are you blaming women for men's faults? You're calling us that like women with daddy issues. But if it hadn't been because of the men in our lifetime that failed us to an extent, like see, I it wouldn't be daddy issues. You I don't say daddy so,
0: issues are the negative. Look at these grays. I mean, that's kind of my bread and butter these days. So. <laughs>
1: That's a beard and it makes you look older and attractive.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why I'm still fucking around with girls in the 20s.
1: As long as they're not under 18, I fully support that message. Oh,
0: <laughs> I'm not I
1: about didn't
0: it. think you did. I'm not about fucking around with anyone who's under 21. I go to, in real life, when, you know, pre and post-corona world, I go to too many bars to fuck around with someone who can't get into a bar with me.
1: Yeah. I know, and even then you still have to check their ID
0: because people lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, it was hilarious. I um, you know, was hanging out with a performer like, just hanging out, just hanging out and she's 21 and I brought her to a couple of my bars and like almost every other drink like the staff was carding her. I'm like guys, I hang out here all the time. Do you think I would try to fuck you like this? I understand you're doing your jobs. Do you think I would try to fuck you like this by bringing someone who's under
1: um, yeah, that's why they keep asking you for it. Though.
0: I know it, it was just really <laughs> funny because, like, after she left, it like, so how old is she really? I'm like, you carded her. She's 21. Like, <laughs> uh, it was a, it was too. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, I'm not not about hanging out with it. And the thing about it is, even with someone who's 21, like, hell, you're not 21, and there's still the generational gap enough where it's like. Oh, you weren't looking at porn on the internet when you were a teenager, because it wasn't a yeah. thing for me.
1: It's uh, yeah, I
0: mean, it's the crazy. best <laughs> the best I could get was like new like stills of Jenny McCarthy on the internet. Oh, <laughs> oh Jenny McCarthy.
1: That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm in my late 30s. It's just how it is.
1: I mean, it is. That's why we're talking about this shit so that we can uh, teach people that the way it was then is not the same now.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's. A- Overall the problem with human society is like we're super adaptive but we're not.
1: Yeah.
0: Like oh hey, we can do this to new technology, we can learn new skills, we can like
1: but also fuck that shit.
0: <laughs> right, but then also like we're setting our fucking ways like mm, 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 mm. we're we're following yeah. we're following rules set by people who didn't shit indoors. A lot of people are following rules written by people who didn't who dug holes for their shit. Everything in the Bible was written by people who dug holes to shit
1: yeah, yeah seriously, but and then not just that, even the Bible, there's so many fucking versions of each Bible, <laughs> like, well, yeah people you have to take it with a grain of salt, everything
0: people in power decide to rewrite it how it benefited them
1: exactly. It's like the internet nowadays, every tweet is how it benefits you,
0: yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, but yeah. speaking of the internet, what up with that butthole girl?
1: Hey, that, that was a shit. Butt. Se- that,
0: that was a shit segue. But we're are also are you trying
1: to see my butt? I've
0: seen your butt.
1: Do you want to see it again? Sure. <laughs>
0: if you would like to show me your butt, I will happily I see your butt.
1: Always... Anytime I can show my butt, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hold on.
0: I didn't realize you weren't wearing panties this whole fucking show.
1: Why would I wear panties? I don't are... know. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
0: I feel like I may have to censor this on Vimeo. Probably. Yep.
1: <laughs> I <don't> like that.
0: <laughs> yep, 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 yep.
1: I don't wear panties actually anymore. It's been like three years. I don't wear bras or panties. And one of the main reasons nowadays is because they give me a rash. Like, because there's friction. So if I do wear like a thong, oh my God, my fucking butt cheeks are just like hurting. Oh <laughs> no. Like, why, bitch? Why? <laughs> That's the show. It's like with bras, you know. You wear a bra, and then like you end up with fucking sick ass, like underboob. Fucking, don't, don't. you don't wear bras. I no. know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no one's wearing a bra on this show tonight.
1: Yeah, no. Man, fuck that shit. The only time I wear bra, uh, the only time that I wear panties nowadays is when people want to buy them off of me. <laughs> like-, like, bitch, can you just wear them all day? Like, just go be a hoe, get calmed and then just. Put it in a Ziploc bag and ship it to me.
0: <laughs> Throw it in your freezer for a little while to keep it fresh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come on. I've been around for a minute. I know this. I know the drill.
1: I know. I know. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I'm pulling back the curtain on the magic trick. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Bimo, sorry. <laughs> Can't take holes nowhere.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I take holes everywhere. Like, come on. What are you talking about? So, I mean,
1: you can, but it depends where you want to go with it.
0: <laughs> anywhere that does not want to hoe to go, I don't want to be there. So. Oh,
1: God. Anywhere that is not censoring us.
0: It's, it's like, you know, <laughs> not everywhere except American Express. Well, then I just don't want to go there if they don't take it.
1: I know. Why the fuck would I show up there? <laughs> exactly. I, I know. Do- I'm
0: just amazed. Like, oh, yeah, I haven't been wearing pants this whole time. Like, hour 45. And like, by the way, no pants. <laughs>
1: Well, so you literally just been looking at the top half of me the whole time. Yeah,
0: there, there, there was no warning or anything. I'm just like, yep, no pants. No. Um, uh,
1: there might have not been a warning, but then again, you did see my butthole, so that is a clear indication of where I stand.
0: Well, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you for showing me your butthole. Thank you. your
1: time. Sho- anytime. If anybody in, in any of your audience members want to see it again, tell them to hit you up. I'll send my butthole pictures to you so you can send it to them. All
0: right. All right. <laughs> so I know we've had like a really serious conversation for most of the show. And I know you really want to talk. You really wanted to do talk about anal uh, while we were here. So I want to give you the opportunity to talk about putting things in your butt.
1: Okay. So, Yes, I always want to talk about anal because it is a taboo subject and there's a lot of misinformation in the subject. So I feel like, as someone who is known for anal, I have again the responsibility. It's not a responsibility, but I take it as a responsibility to educate people because when I was learning about anal, there was nobody to teach me these things, you know. It's uh I started doing anal you know, maybe like four years ago. And then for the first year, I didn't do any of the stuff that I do now. It's just the work in progress. What I'm trying to do right now, and because you have the platform to reach an audience, if there is like a butt surgeon, a a uh, proctologist that wants to discuss these things in thorough. I'm not a fucking surgeon. I'm not a doctor. My experiences with anal are my own and they're not going to apply to everybody. I had to try and I had to learn by trial and error what works for me and my body. So
0: I feel, um, like, that, I feel like that's all sex. Like everyone needs to. It trial is, and error, it figure is. out what works for them.
1: It is. And and again, because people know me because if I know, they look up for me. It's like, well, you're you do porn, you're a pro, so teach me. But it's like um that's not that's not where I want to take this. I want to have an actual educational discussion about this so that you can have sex with your partner and it'll be enjoyable for both of you. And you won't be fucking hurt. Because honestly, like my first experience with anal, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I was 17 years old and uh, it wasn't bad at the time. But I remember the next day I had to go go to work. I used to work at a pet shop. I couldn't walk. Every step that I took, my asshole was hurting. Like, and that's what I'm trying to prevent. I
0: Oh, and what's fucked up is shit like that. I, you know, at a younger age, when my partner would tell me afterwards, like, I had problems walking, I'd take it as like a point of pride. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, but in, like, as an adult, like, I fucked
1: her up. I left this bitch in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's still happening. It happens all the time. Right. But I fucked her up. As an adult, I'm like,
0: oh, that means I probably fucked her like shit. Yeah. Like, like, hey, you know, you guys are meant to take the business. You can pump yeah. out a kid if I fucked you To a point where you can't walk That means something wasn't lubricated properly
1: Not just not lubricated That means that there was lesions Or uh, you were bleeding Or rupture. You know there could have been so many things Or they were just well, telling
0: me that to have stroke my ego
1: Who knows That too because I mean how many times do women lie About achieving orgasms All the time we be-
0: Women to need please. to stop, stop Doing that shit we need to stop exactly
1: no if it doesn't fucking feel good then don't do it don't use fucking numbing creams like for example because i i get a lot of people that are like oh well let me just numb my asshole so i don't feel pain you have to feel pain the pain is the way for your body to tell you that something is not right oh so again um
0: And the thing about it is, like, also, I
1: want to get into that with anal, and um, there's so many topics that I want to discuss. But again, uh, I think the most important thing is you have to listen to your body. And
0: you you definitely have to listen to your body. And also, if you're not into it, because you have to numb your, if you have to numb your asshole to do anal, because you're not into it,
1: then you don't don't
0: want to do it. Yeah, Yeah, don't do
1: it. No, explain your partner. Like,
0: I'm not into it, and like you shouldn't be, be
1: forced. That's, that's literally the definition of rape. If you don't want to do something and somebody's forcing you to do it, that is rape.
0: Right. And even if they're not forcing you to do it and you feel obligated but to do it. That's rape. Right. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And if so, you're, if your partner gets shitty, even if they're like not forcing you, but they still get shitty or pouty about, but I want to fuck you in the ass, you shouldn't no, be with that no, fucking person. No,
1: no. You should be exactly. Like, if you want to do anal, if you want to adventure it and try it out and s- explore the beauty of it, because anal can be wonderful, you have to do it with someone that it can be patient with you and your body. Sometimes it could take a week, a day, a month, a year. Who the fuck knows? And also, but you've got to be with to someone you. who does
0: not have a weak stomach because you may shit on their dick and they better be okay with it.
1: Oh yeah, and also if they're not okay with them, then fuck them. Come on, you're fucking me in the ass. No matter how many enemas I do, no matter how much pepto bismol I take, shit happens. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, oh yeah, it, it absolutely does. And dudes out there, if the girl you just ass fucked shits on your dick, go take a shower. Be like, come go-
1: on, man, don't shame her.
0: No, no, be like, good game. You yeah. know, pro- I I struck oil.
1: Yeah, like especially like if this is you're into as a man and that happens as a woman, that's so embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. Actually, so many women won't do anal because of the fear of that alone. So if you're if you have a woman that is willing to try this with you and it happens, make her feel good. Just like, hey, babe, it's okay. Like you said, go shower. And you don't even have to do anal the same night. Just like, like once she gets out of the shower, comfort her, give her some food, make her feel good so that she doesn't feel embarrassed. Because it is embarrassing, man. I, I like, from my own experience, it is embarrassing. And again, the, the fear of that also causes us to get nervous. So when you get nervous, what happens to your body? You tense up. All your muscles tense up. Your butthole is a muscle.
0: I mean, and that's, nervous, that's when you get the good anal friction, right? No, kidding, kidding. Oh, my God. Get kidding, out. Kidding, <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding,
1: kidding, Get out. No, but it, All right, again, I'm, I'm, it's I'm, like I'm. if you're nervous, that's what happens to your muscles. You yeah, tense no. up. They, constri- uh, they constrict. So.
0: No, you want it to be loose. You want to be comfortable. I mean, you yeah, want everyone I'm to just- be enjoying the situation
1: yeah and again anus one of those things where it's not what you plan it to be always even if you prep even if you douche, even if you take pep or whatever the fuck you do <laughs> even if
0: you starve come yourself, yourself, for, even if you're yeah, 24 hours beforehand yeah but.
1: your fucking organism and your system will be like fuck you it's not about you it's about my body so you have to pay attention to your body but also Don't shame your girls because they had an accident. Sometimes, even if we prep, I've had that. I prep all the time. I try to take care. I eat. I look out for what I eat before scenes, during the scenes, before the scenes.
0: Well, I think a lot of it is a lot of times dudes unfortunately don't think of it as like, I'm fucking another live person. They're just like, I'm fucking someone. Like,
1: Well, no, it's not just that. It's they're trying to make a woman experience something that they're never even willing to experience for themselves. And I'm talking, I'm like, shove a finger in your own asshole and see what it feels. That shit won't make you gay, but at least you'll have an understanding of what I'm feeling on the receiving end. But most men don't do that because of the stigma. It's like, oh, well, I finger myself now. I'm gay. No.
0: There was a Playboy article, probably 20 years ago at this point, where Playboy, like, there was a sexuality guy, like, a finger in the butt doesn't make you gay. Playboy said it. Playboy said it. It's true, man. If you, could, it's you gotta be able true. To try, you gotta be able to trust Playboy. To yeah. an
1: extent, yes. To an extent, yes. Well, go- I mean, Playboy was revolutionary, and Hugh Hefner... He was the baddest motherfucker. I'm not going to talk shit. But yeah, also, like, dude, just because you fucking finger your own asshole and see what it feels like doesn't mean you're gay. Like, do it before you try to do that to someone else. It's like.
0: I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I have never fingered my own asshole. Why? Because I have digestive problems and I'm nervous about it.
1: Okay, so like exactly, imagine I'm a woman with digestive problems, and uh, I have a guy that's really into anal. Because again, that happens. It does, and the- I think I'm gonna give you homework. I'm not gonna put y'all. I mean, no, I am putting you on blast. I'm not.
0: Gonna, uh, I'm
1: not saying. I'm not saying you should put it on blast. What your result is after that, but I think you should do it just to give you an idea what it feels like on the receiving end.
0: I mean, I. I've had a colonoscopy. I think that was enough for me.
1: <laughs> it's not the same though. Oh,
0: I know, I know. No, same. inflating my colon with air is definitely different than having something that is solid inserted into it.
1: Exactly. So do it on your own bubble and see is like even one thing, you're like, how does that feel to me? Imagine you fingering your own buckle. That's pretty much what it's gonna feel to someone
0: else. True. But I'm also not a proponent of like, oh, I want to fuck you in the ass. Like the the amount of times I've had anal sex were almost universally with someone who asked me to put it in their butt.
1: Exactly. But what if you were dealing with someone that has never tried it, you have to experience that feeling.
0: If I was with someone who's never done it, I probably most like, most likely would not even broach it as like, cause it's not something like I crave. So, well, it, what
1: if it's someone that, it, what if it's something that your partner craves?
0: Well, in that case, I'll give them what they want.
1: Exactly. And I think a good way to start is you feeling how it feels in your own body so that when you give that to someone else, you have a good understanding of, okay, so it felt like this to me. So I assume that for her, it's pretty much the same feeling, you know? I, I think you should try it, honestly. Like, just, uh-huh. So you know what you're working with, so you know how to work with other people that are new, that maybe they just want to try it, but they've never done it. So now they're reaching out to you because you have an expertise in so many other areas in the field.
0: Oh, no shit. But they feel, com- I yeah, no they feel comfortable. In I have no nothing. I know nothing. Don't.
1: don't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't know shit.
0: Unless it's about drinking, I don't know shit
1: no i think you should really just do it nothing's gonna change except that you'll actually understand what it is to feel the action of the action of- yeah the a- the action of anal like putting a finger there and stretching out that hole the 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 also the is a muscle and it's not meant to receive things it's meant to give out
0: (laughs) yeah no it's supposed to expel shit
1: exactly um listen i might be wrong but i think like one of these days you should just get in the shower and then just like you yourself just be like okay what the fuck is the fuss about just so you can try it out just just for all intents and purposes. I think if men did that, I think there'd be a lot less women unhappy with their first Ano experience.
0: Well, yeah. Dude's got to, they do not understand it. I mean.
1: Exactly. How do you understand it if you've never actually felt it?
0: Um, I mean, I've never experienced vaginal sex and I feel like I've done okay about that. What? I'm oh
1: not- <laughs> sorry i was saying, wait you never fuck somebody in the pussy no you don't have a pussy i don't I have it. a pussy I to be fucked I, I know i know i get it <laughs> yeah. i get it. i know I but you have an hat. asshole I
0: updated the hat for you no i'm, I'm not, not an anal expert there you go
1: okay but that's why just do it on yourself i'm not saying like go and get a fucking huge ass colossal fucking toy for an asshole don't, don't
0: just- go buy a bad dragon toy and sit on it
1: Exactly. No, just literally, seriously, like just on yourself when you're in the shower, just play with the rim, smooth it out, make the rim get loose and comfortable, and then just see what the fuzz is and about. Like,
0: oh, there's hemorrhoids. There's
1: Oh my God, you are gonna scare the audience away right now.
0: No, 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 no. I would I would never scare anyone away from your butthole.
1: Oh well, you just said hemorrhoids, that's scary.
0: <laughs> part of life
1: okay so um <laughs> like like, you, i'm just
0: gonna ignore that comment. do you
1: think okay honestly though uh based on the suggestions i've given you do you think that's something that you would just try for the sake of it
0: maybe i gotta figure out like to, that would be all like trimming my nails and well,
1: yes, you have. I mean, even if you're fucking fucking a pussy, you have to trim mine.
0: Well, yeah, you, I'm in quarantine a, right now. I am not. I have not seen exactly. a vagina. Exactly. I have not so seen trim. a vagina. Your vagina so is the first. Trim. You're the first live, semi-live vagina I've seen in months.
1: Okay, so trim your nails. Play with the rim of your asshole. <laughs> and then little by little, just like go in there and be like, huh what is this? What do I feel like? How, why does it feel like this? You know, like, honestly, it's just the best way. Like, it's like, imagine, I don't know how to explain it any better than this, but, um, let's say I'm Mariah Carey, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. And I don't train my fucking vocal cords before a concert. How can I expect to be a good singer? If I, I'm not even doing just that alone. How can you teach someone to be a good anal whore if you can't even do it on yourself and know exactly what you're giving or what you're trying to, like...
0: Well, I'd hope that my partner would communicate to me, like, I'm into this, I'm not into that. Like, even if it's their first time, like, oh, hey... But
1: realistically, women don't do that because we're givers.
0: Well, you should. We
1: Okay, yes, I know we should, but realistically... It's like, oh, I'm trying to please you, so then I won't ever say that. It's like, oh, it's too much, you know. I honestly just think that you should just like play with your butthole one time. Just
0: all right, all right. <laughs> for you, kid. I'll, I'll play with my butthole if it'll make you happy. Will it, Please. You, will it make you happy for me to play my bubble? Yeah. Ball? All right, but,
1: but you have to come and tell me how how's your experience.
0: I'll call you and be like, okay, how it was. I'll, I'll Thank you. It. I'll call you.
1: Yes, yes. Because at least if you understand, I'll be like, well, shit. At least next time, if he wants to fuck my so at least he knows exactly what's happening, and he's not just gonna ram his cock in me. Like,
0: <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even know. Like- I didn't even know that was a discussion. Like. I'd-
1: well that's but, what I'm saying, you wanna talk about anal? You know, those are the things. Well that <laughs> was a
0: surprise for me. Now I'm I'm curious. In your personal life, do you prefer anal over vaginal? Yes. Is there any particular reason why or
1: Yeah, because the taboo aspect of it.
0: Okay, so the the taboo sex turns you on?
1: The naughtiness of it. It's like not everybody does it. So it's like, ooh, I'm providing something that not every bitch can give. Yeah, you can be fucking all of these porn stars with amazing ass titties, banging ass booties, but at the end of the day, their asshole is not like that. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, it is exciting to me. For that reason, though, um, as far as like the actual penetration, I would literally just grab my bullet, turn it on. (laughs) And call it a day because I'll be done in like a a few seconds. You know?
0: (laughs) No man required. Like, nope.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, realistically, yeah. If I want to come, I have to like stimulate my client, but I do a know because uh, the taboo, the excitement of it, and because I get paid a lot more. Well,
0: I, that, that's what I was saying. Like, that's why I was asking about real life, not not scenes, just real life.
1: I, yeah, I think I explained. Yeah, no, you did, you did,
0: you absolutely did. I wasn't discounting your explanation, I was just, you know the money doesn't factor in when it's real life. Yeah, it's-
1: no, cause I literally just grab my little bullet and just bang it <laughs> out. And I don't even ha- actually, since I started doing porn, I stopped going on dates completely. Really? Cause Why? I'd- cause then I would go on like Tinder dates and um, I'd fuck a guy and I'd have to come home and use my vibrator because I didn't come. It's just about the g- orgasm of the guy.
0: I mean, yeah, that is the potential potential shitty part about fucking civilians, but, like, isn't the interpersonal connection, like, the romantic part of it important at some point?
1: (laughs) I'm like, my face, I'm like...
0: For the audio uh, audience... (laughs) That was a face. That was a fucking face.
1: That was like a face of disgust. (laughs) Like,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to be huddled. Oh, gross.
1: Well, see, but that's the thing, too. I also don't like intimacy. I just want to get in and get out. So that's a whole issue within itself. And I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to have my partners involved in it. So I would much rather just grab my little bullet uh I myself come in a couple seconds and then just go to sleep <laughs> hey
0: if, if that makes you happy that's all that's important
1: it does that's not to say that i don't miss dick every now and then because i do
0: <laughs> in this pandemic i'm pretty sure most of us are missing other genitals that we like
1: yeah exactly I'm like I'd rather just fucking use my bullet than go and expose myself to someone that I've never met or just even if I met them they might be fucking around and not telling me
0: well that's the thing like it's like oh anyone anyone who's down to like meet up and hook up like "Mm, you're already suspect
1: especially during quarantine yeah you're on my black book like if you're hitting me up during quarantine to fuck like that I never want to do anything with you because it tells me that not only do you not give a fuck about yourself, but you don't give a fuck about my livelihood or the livelihood of the people that I work with.
0: Right. Because you're not taking this shit seriously. Yep. Right there with you. Right there with you.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, we're actually, I would love to continue to talk to you. But we were actually. You can al- totally
1: do that anytime, baby. <laughs> I know we've been going almost on. T- no, I've been going on for two hours. Well, I'm glad we were able to just entertain each other and oh, yeah. have I mean, fucking amazing discussions. Whether people are gonna look at them bad or good, I think that I said what I needed to say, and I hope that people will understand that whatever I said, I said it from. A good place definitely. like i i want to look out for people i want us all to look out for each other i want to look out for the youth and i want to have these discussions because people look up people look up to us in porn you know it's like how could i do this how I? it was like again i'm not a doctor i'm not a teacher i can only do so much for you yeah definitely. again Definitely Again, this is this is why I wanna ask people, like if they have any questions about fucking anal, please hit me up because I still want to do an episode and hey, if you wanna host it, that'd be amazing.
0: I'm down. I'm totally down. Yes. Totally down. Hell, if you want me to do play by play while you have anal sex in front of me, I'm down for that too.
1: <laughs> Good to know, cause you know, there's always a need for that.
0: I see Bronze it.
1: Hey, Bala.
0: <laughs> Make weird podcast com- content that just ends up on only fans like oh and he's penetrating he's penetrating oh he's got it in he's a- oh, like calling <laughs> it like a fucking sporting event oh my god
1: I- a sporting. of it <laughs>
0: <Maybe>.
1: sexercising
0: sexercising <laughs> yeah no this was a fucking blast this is an absolute fucking blast
1: i agree
0: we will definitely do this again Hopefully, when we're allowed to be, like, in personal contact, we'll come do this in fucking person.
1: Yeah.
0: You may have to put on pants for that. I'm sorry.
1: I don't know about that. (laughs) We have to negotiate.
0: (laughs) You at least have to show up in, like, a trench coat and cover up until you get inside. Once you're inside.
1: Okay. I can do that.
0: You can wear as much or as little clothing as you'd like. I can do that. I yeah. just don't need you getting arrested showing on the way.
1: I don't want to be arrested for shit right now for anything, oh, yeah. well. <laughs> especially for being a whore. Let me tell you one thing. This is serious. I'm so afraid of being arrested because the moment people see my asshole in jail, I'm fucked. Literally. Literally. Like I have a bullseye on my fucking asshole. I don't want to
0: do that. No, no. Yeah,
1: I'll show up with the trench coat.
0: (laughs) Yeah, show up with the trench coat like a fucking pervert. That's fine.
1: That's fine, yeah. Yeah, like,
0: Yo, if you want to show up here with no clothes on, under the trench coat, I am not going to argue about that. Like, all of a sudden, like, trench coat comes off, and you're not wearing anything. I'll be like, okay, cool.
1: All right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go. We're on the same page.
0: I I will never be mad about that. (laughs) But I will be very mad if, like, Hey, like, just you disappear, and then I find out a couple of these letters you got arrested because you tried to show up at my place with nothing on. That I'd be a little upset about. Like, I'd hope I would not be your one phone call because I'm not a lawyer. So I'd find out about days later.
1: Yeah, I know. I don't want to do that. So we're on the same page. Cool. Look forward to the next uh, chat we have together. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I really want to hear what people have to say about um, the discussions we've had today. So, yeah, let me know. Holler, Kitty.
0: <laughs> Actually, Kitty, where can they find you on the socials so they can holler at you? Can give you the feedback about what we talked about today. Yes. See more of me- your butthole.
1: Of course, always. My main site is allofkittyj.com. My Twitter is kittyjaguar triple x. And my Instagram is K Jaguar 76
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
1: Thank you, baby. I appreciate you and thank you again for having me here. Yeah. I wish you and yours the best always. And I hope that because of the stuff that we've been discussing, we can create a good dialogue, not just in a hateful way, but like just a discussion on how we can all improve.
0: Oh, definitely. And, I hope that anyone who's listening to the show like thinks about where the other people are coming from before they just say something. Yeah. And I agree. Always, always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and on Facebook. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter, and Now We Drink underscore on Instagram, and until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. I'm going to tell Kitty my virginity story as soon as we wrap.
1: Sick. <laughs>